Reminiscence. Reminiscence is a new film. We've talked about it a little bit over the course of the show and talking box office and things of that nature. But this is a new Warner Brothers thing. It came out on HBO Max and on theaters same day. Will, you kind of described it earlier. Uh, I looked at it as like a neo-noir sci-fi. And it's kind of, it's noir, right? Neo-noir. So it's it's got a little bit of the thriller aspect to it. Kind of reminds of something like Blade Runner. You know, it's kind of going a little bit for the Blade Runner thing. The poster itself clearly wants to be Blade Runner. So a lot of, a lot of similarities, at least in that way. This was written and directed by Lisa Joy. This is her feature directorial debut. And I think people will, will recognize her as being one of the co-creators, writers, directors, and I think executive producers of Westworld, which is still going on in HBO. Uh, are, mm-hmm. Have you ever watched Westworld? Well, I don't think you have. Have you? I have seen the pilot season premiere episode. Okay, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll keep watching. And I didn't keep watching. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I, I watched the first season, and it, it was kind of hard for me to get through. I'm not gonna lie. I watched one or two episodes, the second season, and I dropped off. Now that said, yeah. my my family loves. Westworld. They have long conversations about the show. They're big fans. So I think it's just a me thing that I'm not as into it. And also from Westworld appearing in this movie is uh, Tandy Newton. Yeah. And uh, Angela Sterafonin. Who is that? Um, she has a, the, she's a, she has like really big eyes, brown, brunette hair. She's in Westworld? Um, yeah, um, I think so. Hmm. I'd have to, I'd, I'd, the name does not strike as familiar. I apologize. I'll look up the character name. Uh, maybe that'll ring a bell as you describe the rest of the plot. I think I've forgotten all of the names of the characters from Westworld, but unless you mean reminiscence. But <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, 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 I think I know who you're talking about. She plays uh, Elsa in Reminiscence, doesn't she? She like kind of shows up later. She has uh, like the dream thing. Yeah, she's like the like, f- yeah, Elsa, yes, yeah. Okay. That's her. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I did not know that actress by name, but I, yeah, yeah, she's familiar. I've seen her in a few things, but yeah, yeah. It, this movie, like I said, it bears a lot of resemblance to things like Blade Runner. Also a little bit, uh, if you're going back even further, if you're going to go to like the original noir, you could look at something like the Maltese Falcon and it has a little bit of sort of like the total recall Westworld, like the original 1973 Westworld kind of feel to it. Well, yeah. The big one probably is Blade Runner is like I said, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's got, it's got sprinkles of a lot of different things kind of mixed up in it. It's kind of an, it's an interesting setup. The, the world of this movie, by the way, it stars Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson, Cliff Curtis, Daniel Wu, a few others. One of the other things about this movie that's pretty unique is that, so it takes place in the future and like there, there are these like rising tides that have kind of swept up the world. The world is like partly submerged now by water. So like we literally have like canals like in major cities. The movie takes place primarily in Miami, uh, South Miami. So it literally has a place called the Sunken Coast where like the beach is almost completely like underwater at this point. Mm-hmm. We're in we're in this sort of like firefly situation where we're in the aftermath of all these wars and our main character is like a veteran from the war. His partner in his like business that he now runs is also a veteran of the war, so they're very they're yeah, long-time something, pals. Mm-hmm. Something with the Gulf, I think they said. There, yeah, there's like a like Gulf, Gulf War or something like that. Yeah, yeah. the border, uh, they had, they were part of like a border thing where they had to like keep people out. I don't know. It, it was a little kind of vague, and yeah. but it was interestingly vague. Like it, it had some fun little world building mm-hmm. quirks there where it never totally yeah. spells out everything that happened in like the lead up. But it also, you know, some, some stuff you get detail. 
But yeah, uh, that's kind of like the setup for the movie. But the real hook of this sci-fi premise is not necessarily the the canals. I think that that's just kind of like a flourish of this world. It kind of adds a little bit of like world building to it. The real like through line of this movie is that there's this technology now that is kind of like a cross between like total recall and my, maybe like a little bit of minority report where you can submerge somebody in, in this like tank, hook them up to wires and you can play their memories, you know, holographically. So like all your memories, it's like inside out, you know, you kind of just have this like projector and you need somebody who's kind of skilled and a professional to guide people through their own memories so you can access them. I really liked that quirk because it made it feel like, okay, this is something that not everybody can do. You have to be, it takes a little bit of like psychology, which fits the noir hook of it pretty well. I thought that was like a, a, yeah. a nice little trick. Though one thing that bugged me, and I don't know if it bugged you about the idea of uh, tracing memory that I felt like would have made the movie more interesting is if they actually explored the fact that memory is kind of faulty and that people like when they remember things, they don't exactly remember it the way it exactly happened. Yeah, but didn't they hmm, didn't they gloss that over, though, by saying that like their memory of it might be faulty, but or like their interpretation of their own memory by, might be faulty. But the memory itself sure. is basically it's there. It's just hard for the person. I, I, I didn't read right. the film as saying like that's how they no, I get what. Yeah. Yeah, I just I get that was like what they were they're kind of like shying away or like, you know, explaining it away by doing that. But I felt like that would have been a more interesting avenue to explore, like the fact that people like only remember certain things or like even if they subconsciously remember things, they remember it in certain ways. And everyone has like a different perception of how things went down based on their memory of that situation. But I, I get what know. you're saying. I, I guess I guess they wanted to avoid the unreliable narrator kind of just making this too abstract. I think that might have been a that might have happened. So um, but yeah, that's a good point. Um, the, the main plot of this movie is that Hugh Jackman's character, he's been doing this for a while. He's like a grizzled, you know, barely makes any money. He and Tandy Newton's character have just been sort of, you know, helping people relive memories as a way to sort of get through the, the drudgery of their modern lives. Like, you know, everything is so bad right now. They have to go into the past to sort of like make themselves feel better. And then sure enough, Rebecca Ferguson's character comes into the story. Uh, and we sort of meet her. She's our femme fatale, basically. And a lot of the movie is how Hugh Jackman's character, Nick, is pining for her, trying to, like, understand her and then eventually, like, go back through his memories of his limited time with her and understand this, like, this mystery behind, you know, was the relationship real? What was she really after? There's, you know, crime bosses and there are some pretty, pretty intense action scenes. But this is another movie, I got to say, that the action scenes were kind of like check your phone action scenes for me. I just did not find them very impressive personally with the exception of maybe like one shootout, which was kind of fun. But yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yeah, I thought the shootout was cool. Yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. I think my overall thoughts on this movie is it's kind I kind of called it a curiosity earlier. Like it, it's interesting. It's kind of, it's got some fun ideas. It's, I don't know. It's doing things that I, I like in terms of like sci-fi movies, sort of, uh, you know, introducing uh, different kind of concepts and it's very ambitious and what it's trying to do. But I just didn't have that like emotional connection to this main character. I think that's what it comes down to. I think that I found him very insufferable and I didn't find his plight very sympathetic. I didn't find a lot of progression to his character at all either. And the movie kind of ends on a note where that's more, 
it's easy to understand why that happens and why that's the point. But I think the result is that I just wasn't like caring about what was going to happen with him or many of the other characters throughout. There were times where I was way more invested in Tandy Newton's character. And I was like, there's such a story there. It's kind of pushed to the side. But I thought, bizarrely, the, the film did a much better job of like making her story feel very urgent and feel like I can't, I want to know what happens next with her. But then they kind of, they kind of keep her on the fringes of the movie for a good bit of it in favor of this intrigue with Rebecca Ferguson that just goes on way too long. I, I think that this movie, it's about two hours and it really just, it overstays its welcome with me. I think after the first hour, it, I'm like, I got it. <laughs> like it does, it, but it just keeps adding more stuff to sort of pad out the runtime it felt. So I, I kind of walked away from this movie kind of ready to forget it. But what about you? Um, so this is the type of mediocre movie that I think I disrespect because like we said before, we just don't really get a lot of movies like this, even though it is fairly derivative as far as like how it approaches the story and also fairly one note and a bit monotone as far as uh, it's just general style and tone. But I, I love the idea that there is a movie that's, you know, like it's a sci-fi noir action thriller that's made primarily for adults. It has like a big, heady, lofty ideas. And I think the beginning of it's really cool. Like I, I love the opening shot of this. Like there's like kind of like a third man s like build up to like kind of like we're just kind of like panning into the city and we're getting a lot of information told in a kind of uh, casual sort of way. Like we're just kind of like gauging everything that we need to know about this world just from a uh you know, just very visually interesting sort of way. And I think the general setup is cool. But I think once, like you said, like once you get to the general conceit of the story, it just feels a bit tired. Like it just feels like we've kind of, we've run into like kind of like a lukewarm noir femme fatale kind of story that I think is there sort of in service of the world building. Like when I see the movie, I think what interested Lisa Joy is just building this world and like what this future looks like, how it acts, like how people act in it. But then when we get to the story, it's just kind of at the service of that. And, and to me, that's the big hindrance of the film is that it just doesn't really seem to have that much interest in its main character or the main story. It's more interested in just building this sort of weird offbeat uh, sci-fi world, which is cool. Like you said, I mean, you know, I love sci-fi worlds like this. I love interacting with them. And that was one reason I was glad I saw it on the big screen just because like, you know, it's cool to just kind of be immersed in something like this. That's, you know, it, it just kind of feels like it's in touch reality, but also like totally alien to it. And I think that stuff works, but when we actually get to the general main character and the love stories, it just doesn't, just doesn't really do much. That is that interesting. I've heard a lot of people compare it to strange days and I haven't seen that film, but I think it just kind of goes to show, like we said, like with that and Blade Runner, just, it's just, kind of impossible not to think of other films where you're watching this and i think that ultimately makes it too forgettable to really make much of an impression in the long run yeah i i wasn't thinking about a lot of other films during it's funny though because what i was thinking about instead of <laughs> the movie for me was and this was before that i saw that lisa joy had directed it and you know i was like oh yeah westworld uh the show i i kept thinking about how I would like rework this into a show or a miniseries. I was like, huh, I would have, I would have ended the first episode like on that hook. And then maybe you could cut out this part. Maybe you could add in a subplot that makes this make a little bit more sense 
And by the time I got to the end, I was kind of wondering and theorizing for myself if this had originally been a miniseries concept or even like a a long running series concept kind of condensed into a movie, almost like if they had already created 10 episodes of a show and then turned it into a movie. But then you have to cut out a ton of stuff. So it just it would feel like everything is a little bit limp. Um, I don't know. I could be like way off base there, but I just get that feeling from what I know about you know, this director, especially even though I, during the movie, I was feeling this way, but that's all to say, it's not a terrible movie or anything. I agree with you that it's pretty mediocre and there are things about it that I certainly responded to. I think that Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson, like they were in greatest showman just have like get a room energy to them. It, it's pretty palpable, you know, the, the chemistry between the two actors. And, you know, I told Will this while I was watching the movie and he, he was not happy with me. Um, called me a homewrecker. Um, so I'll, I'll take this opportunity now to say, I apologize for, for, you know, for that. Will Ashton, I don't want to make you upset. No, I, well, for one, I didn't use the term homewrecker. I should clarify. It felt like you were on but, the verge. Uh, I don't, I, I, I don't want to say you're slandering me, but it does feel a bit like slander. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it would be ironic if, if that, uh, if, you know, Lisa Joy became prominent because she turned, uh, an underseen sci-fi film into a show if ironically someone eventually you know decades later turned her underseen sci-fi film into a show yeah that's a good point a prominency <laughs> resource yeah 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 for people who don't know they're essentially because westworld started out as a sci-fi movie that was underseen in the 1970s the show has been a huge hit and then yeah that is a that's a good good point there um i guess i guess that's the thing though is it, it seems like these really ambitious sci-fi like ideas tend to reach more audiences when they're shows. I, you know, maybe there's something to the fact that, um, and not the fact, but the indication I get that a lot of people, when they want to watch something sci-fi or fantasy, they don't want to feel like they're going to invest all this time into learning in a new world. And then it's going to be like immediately over. I think people like the idea of like, I'm going to start the first episode. I'm going to get hooked. I'm going to get more content that I can sort of piece out. And I think that that just yeah. seems to fit, you know, the show format a little bit better for modern tastes. It's just kind of like how things are right now, I think. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, I, I think that aspect is kind of appealing to me. The fact that it's not trying to be a franchise or a series. It's trying to be a standalone big budget action sci-fi film for adults. But I, at the same time, like I see all these like seeds of ideas throughout the um, movie, like different little scenes. Like there's one particular, it's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like sort of like a simulation sort of scene where it's like, kind of like they're recreating a certain moment from the past. And it's like, if you really dive in, dives into that for like an episode that'd be a kind of cool idea yeah but in the movie it just kind of feels like okay that doesn't really like it doesn't really fit here it just kind of feels like another idea that lisa joy had and wanted to include but there was no like graceful way to include it into the film so i don't know but at the same time this is the kind of flop that i think i endear to not enough to me for me to be like recommending it or saying that like it's good but like i appreciate the the big minded ideas here and then like that Lisa Joy is just going for it as opposed to just you know even if it is fairly derivative like I said it is at least trying to do something with its budget and scale that that doesn't feel uh too similar to other films that we're getting right now there is a throwback kind of 90s quality to it that that I find charming but also there's something about that is annoying and that it is kind of uh a bit like obtuse and and 
too like hard to read as far as just like everything is trying to communicate and the fact that it isn't really doing it with enough pulp to really I think justify the the kind of pulpy premise I think that's the biggest issue of it it's just that like it has like this kind of like kooky premise but it's played totally straight and the actors are they're saying their lines as seriously as possible and Hugh Jackman to his credit is always committed to his part but I feel like it kind of it needed to play into his charm as an A-list star a little bit more he's just like pulling it back so much that it doesn't yeah. really like I said the character just doesn't stand out enough to really like kind of warrant our full attention or interest it just feels like he's he's trying to play it as like straight cagney as possible I guess and it just doesn't doesn't quite work here unfortunately I think the problem there is that we've seen him play hard-boiled before but as Wolverine which has such an energy to it by nature of that performance so that when he plays a sort of unironic hard-boiled thing you know and like a noir send up it's just kind of weird for this actor like it it just doesn't quite fit him based on previous like i don't know what somebody would think if they saw this before they ever saw a wolverine performance maybe that they'd have a totally different impression but that was my impression as well it's like he he's kind of like a stone wall of exposition for a lot of this movie and his reactions to things tend to be so restrained that i think that's part of like why i just didn't connect with this character as much you know especially compared to some of the other performances yeah yeah I don't know. But like I said, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think it's like, you know, especially now during a pandemic, I I don't think it's something that some people should be jumping out of their comfort zone to see. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it really justifies uh, spending 10 bucks to really get, like I said, a fairly mediocre kind of C-level film. But at the same time, I do find it distressing and depressing that movies like this are going to become increasingly more and more rare because studios are just going to be like well we tried that it was reminiscence you guys didn't show up so here are you know whatever like five more space jam movies more like we tried that and didn't market it at all and released it at the wrong time and well yes also made it easy for people to stream it at home (laughs) right but they're not going to say that obviously they're just going to be like hey we made that movie and we released it and no one showed up therefore that means nobody wants it as opposed to, you know, like making it like near impossible for certain people to see it, not know as far as like them not knowing about it, giving them an alternative to seeing it in theaters, uh, releasing it, like I said, during an increasingly distressing pandemic. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you know, like I thankfully I'm at a position where I can go to the movies and and, you know, at least at the time, you know, and, and check it out and. Uh, and you know, I'll admit I was worried about it because you know, you, you know, it's hard not to when you read the news. But no one else was there but me, <laughs> so uh, I think that just kind of goes to show that people literally are just not showing up to this movie, and it's yeah. gonna fade in the wind probably by next week. I mean, hell, it feels like we're late to it already, and it just came out. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, I I, I kind of I mourn the fact. I mourn the idea, I guess, this movie, as opposed to, like, it, it itself is just kind of forgettable and, and mediocre, but the fact that it's kind of a dying breed that's probably going to be uh, more and more, or increasingly harder to find from a studio uh, system, I guess, is just, that's why I find uh, um, depressing, I guess, is just that it's going to be, it's going to be the last of its kind, I guess, because it's becoming more and more likely a Warner Brothers is not going to take a risk with something like this for a blank check project for someone like Lisa Joy. And, you know, that just sucks. I guess pretty soon this movie will be hard to reminisce about. 
because we'll forget about it. Will, can you guess what the Rotten Tomato score is? I don't know if you've seen it. It's like 38%? Close, 36% on Rotten okay. Tomatoes, average rating of 5.2. Uh, can you guess the, the cinema score? Oh, uh, There is a cinema score. People C. did watch it. C? That was close, too. Man, we should do this more often, see how well you do. C+. Plus. No cheating, of course. Okay. Yeah. So definitely not yeah. connecting pretty well with the audiences who are checking it out, which is, I would expect something like this would be a little bit higher, you know, maybe in the B's, but yeah. Cause like maybe people are just seeing Hugh Jackman on the poster and are expecting something that they're not getting, but yeah, that's reminiscence. It's available to watch on HBO max right now. You can also check it out in theaters. I believe uh, it's available on IMAX in some theaters and it is 116 minutes long. So just under two hours. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.